0: This is normally the part of the show where I make up some stats about what team has won, what team has lost. But with the playoffs here, none of that matters. The records go out the window. Every team is zero and zero. And uh, it's the most fun time of year. So guys, let's get into it. Every team is also three to four wins away from a championship. So think about that. Even teams without any wins, teams with two wins, teams with four wins, like my Bum team, <laughs> but we'll get to that. We played well this week, by the way. We played well, but welcome to the Week Eight Post Game Show. We have four analysts here: uh, Cade, Aiden, Tim, and Caesar. So we'll make some predictions for the playoff matchups. We're going to get you those playoff matchups and kind of recap everything from Week Eight as well uh let's start and we'll kind of give you the seating i mean we have it on twitter we're going to have the bracket posted by the time you guys see this so i don't want to just rattle off who's playing who we'll kind of recap week eight and tell you what that means for each team's first round matchup so let's start with the first game on court one a game that we will actually see again in the first round of the playoffs. So there you go. That's how you preview while also recapping. The Ozone Boys' takedown bogey kicks took a fourth-quarter comeback, I believe a double-digit comeback from what I heard after the game. If not, it was damn close to a 10-point comeback in the fourth quarter. For the Ozone Boys, they made some huge threes when they needed them, but I'll turn it over to Caesar and Cade who were on that game. But the Ozone Boys do get the win, It ultimately, because – of tiebreakers and because the halfway crooks won it didn't impact their seating it ultimately didn't matter but as good as they get ready for a rematch with bogey kicks in the 7-10 matchup in the first round which will take place on uh tuesday at seven o'clock but guys looking back to week eight let's focus on that fourth quarter we'll go to caesar first uh what were the ozone boys able to do in that fourth quarter and how did they escape i think is fair but they they made plays but how were they able to escape with the win?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the biggest things that the Ozone boys were able to do was they started playing, they started doubling uh, David Depina and Chase Banks a little more. Uh, both of those players were really just kind of attacking the rim and shooting deep threes. Uh, Chase Banks was, you know, really hitting some some nice threes, but... Once they started putting a little more pressure onto them and getting the ball out of their hands, you could kind of see the tide beginning to turn. Uh, The fourth quarter was huge. You can see right there, it was a 25 to 12. They won that quarter, and obviously that was the biggest quarter that they needed. Uh, I don't exactly remember who it was. I want to say it was Patrick Hogan um, hitting some clutch threes towards the end of the game Uh, and you know they really needed the shots when they were being made they were super important Uh, so I think they did a really good job of kind of figuring out defensive adjustments and finally just you know making open shots that they were just missing
0: yeah Cade we can stick on that fourth quarter I mean what did bogey lack what slipped away but what did ozone I mean hitting shots helps right and it was Pat Hogan who's hit you know, look at some of his numbers and I think should be in the running for three point contest, even just because I think he's one of the best shooters on that team uh, as they won three in a row, almost four in a row, something. Yeah. They've, they've won a lot in a row recently (laughs) and he's been a huge part of that, but Cade, go ahead.
2: Yeah. I think bogey just, they had their number all game, but that fourth quarter came around. It just looked like they were running out of energy. I know they didn't have a lot of subs, but I mean, neither did ozone, but I guess they were just able to Coming off a uh, double header last week, I guess they had uh, their energy, just that momentum going, and um, like we said, Pat Hogan knocking down those shots was kind of like the killer. Um, uh, Tapina and Banks like did all they could, but they didn't really have any support. Um, uh, Mike Evans usually is there to knock down a few threes, but he only hit a three for the game. Um, yeah, you could tell. David was trying to force uh, shots at the end, but uh, Ozone really locked him up, doubling him in the paint. And he really couldn't, uh, he's really just known for uh, coming down into the paint. But um, Chase Banks kind of had a quiet fourth quarter, but he, he uh, was the reason they were up that whole game.
0: Yeah. And so even just talking about that fourth quarter really quick, I mean, it was once they erased that deficit, Ozone was kind of going back and forth with them. They would hit it three and then he would come down and get a, you know, a two pointer kind of going to the hoop, which has been their style for the entire season, just about with those two players that are really good at doing that. And then it just missed some close ones by uh, David DePina. I think it was mainly him down the stretch, which not a bad plan. Um, Just missed some close ones. I mean, let's give credit to the ozone defense, you know, definitely doubling, definitely collapsing down, kind of knowing the game plan. And then they made their free throws and, you know, Paul McGuire at the line and sealed it. So Uh, they again, are the seven seed we'll kind of give you the playoff picture fully in a second, but let's get to the other. I mean, if we talk to Tim, I'm going to stay on court one, but we do have to kind of go to Tim quickly. I mean, picking, you know, the werewolves in sin city on last week's post game show, most notably, uh, getting, (laughs) getting the shout out and then also getting the scouting report. Uh, you know, Devin, I love it. The podcast, like Devin Devon Pina. I love it. Whatever we call him. We know he's very good. Uh, We're going to get to Sin City in a second as they took on Lob City, but um, no, we're doing it now. Sorry. We'll go to Tim. Let's let him talk about it. Lob City escapes with the win. I know it was three on four for some of the game. Terrence showed up, made it four on four. Let's do Sin City. GA's boys are going to have to wait uh, for their 8-0 and talk that we'll get to. But uh, let's go to Tim first. Let's do it. So Sin City, for the first quarter, I mean, it was like four to three like the entire first quarter, if I remember, or six, five, something ridiculously like, wait a minute, <laughs> is, is this scoreboard not working too? Uh, is something wrong going on? But three on four, they kept it close for the first quarter. And then Lob City, kind of like Cody talked about in the post game. I mean, just, you know, did what they do, made some shots, made some plays, started playing a little more selfishly. Uh, and I'll let you guys touch on that. But what did Lob do to kind of turn it around, even when it was back to even strength? Uh, go ahead, Tim. What was What was Lob's, you know, key to success is they locked up that 2 seed.
3: Yeah, so uh, obviously since city uh, they didn't have the roster I was expecting this week so uh yeah, they, after the first quarter I mean they played pretty well uh Taj I picked him on uh all defense and he definitely showed why in the first quarter. He was really deterring a lot of their drives to the basket uh even with a player down um which was pretty impressive. Um but for Lob City uh what I was noticing, um, so Sin had three players. They had Taj, they had Justin Titsworth, and Javon Morris. But Taj is really the only guy that's going to be taking it to the basket, playmaking. Like, he's their lead ball handler. Uh, he pretty much does everything for their team in terms of setting guys up. So once Lob started to double him at half court, I mean, he's going to get tired. I mean, he's not going to be able to beat a double every time when the other guys aren't going to be able to dribble as well as he can. So, yeah, um, I mean, Sin matched up. This is a team that can match up with Lobb size-wise. Um, Javon and Carly Lee was definitely a great matchup to watch down low. But, yeah, I would just say Lobb has incredible depth. Like, their sixth player could be one of the best players on one of the lower teams uh, in a bigger opportunity. But they play their role, and they play so well together. And that was evident this entire game, that they were able to drive, kick, get open shots, Second half came around. It was basically like a pickup game. Cody Crawford hitting deep shots. Um, Colin Burns, a quiet 33. It didn't seem like he had that much, but yeah. Um, I think Lob City is definitely, they're going to be a very tough out in the playoffs with the depth they depth they impose.
0: Yeah, and so we'll get to Aiden, who is also on that game. And I mean, just to preview really quickly, we can get a rematch in theory with Sin City at full strength. So, Sin City, with the loss, does fall to six. They fall one spot from what they entered in Week 8. Lob City, with the win, which we kind of knew if they won because of the tiebreakers they already had, they would be the two-seed, so they do lock that up with the win. They eliminate all of that tiebreaker talk we were spouting last week. So win, and they secure the two-seed. So they'll take on the winner, Lob City will, of Ozone bogey kicks. So again, we just had so Ozone bogey rematch, and then if Ozone was to win, they would get a rematch of Lob City, who they beat in week seven. So I'm in on all that. That's that's two possibly great games. Looking even further ahead, if Lob City takes care of business and Sin City beats the three seed, who will get to them in a second, we could have this matchup in the semis. And it could be Sin City at full strength with their size against Lob City. Aiden, forget looking that far ahead. At least in this game and these matchups we saw, you know, What wasn't going well? And then even just your take on kind of what Lob City was able to do. They
4: were just – so like Tim said, they – since they only had three for a good portion of the game. But like we've said before, Lob City is able – they're deep. They have good depth. They're able to score. Victor was hitting shots when he normally doesn't hit that many shots. He was more of a factor. And still going back to what Tim said, just the depth that Lob City has, they're able to do it. And Cody – was in the over he's like, and Colin had acquired 33, like we said, but Cody was like, I want to take this game over. And he made some deep threes. And there was a lot more communication going on with this game. It did help that they were only playing against three players, but I'm not going to discredit Sin City for only having three or even discredit Lobb for playing against three, but they were just able to get the job done.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even, uh, you know, just a, a, a note, no jose mercado again so some of the things we've heard of him not returning he still can play he qualifies for the playoffs but the things we've heard of him not playing i mean this may be the lob city team we see and Carl Lee, i believe stayed the whole time most of the time um actually had not so most of the time at worst but i'm sure for playoffs he will be staying the entire time and so that even adds a, a piece to their team uh that they may be missing but Again, Lob City to two seeds, Sin City comes in at the sixth seed, and we'll preview who Sin City will play first in the quarterfinals, because the sixth seed you don't have to play in the first round, so that kind of stinks for Ozone, even though they won and they did all they could to get out of that first round, like play-in type game, um, they still will have to win twice to get to the semifinals on win twice on Tuesday night in the same night Uh, as for the one seed, the do boys. So they locked it up before their week seven game. Like we talked about because of that ozone lob city result. So they had, you know, they took care of business last week, coming in this week, Dan Ruggiero makes an appearance, uh, gets a start. PJ Thomas gets a start, I believe. And then you're looking up and it's still, you know, five, six, seven, eight points. I mean, I'll get to the guys in a second, and the Duye's boys put together a fourth quarter and get the win and go 8-0 and for the second season in a row. So we talked about last season, they were missing guys in the finals due to vacation. Lob City wins. Hopefully, if we get that rematch, we get them both at full strength, and that'll be for an undefeated season. All right, Tim is gone. It's all right. We'll rock without it. He'll come back if he can. Um, so for this game anyway, sticking on court one, we can uh, hop over to Caesar. But, you know, it's the Duye's boys taking down the werewolves. Sam Clifford was there. He had another good game. I know Brian Heston was doing his thing, but even with all of their bench players, you know, I guess playing more than usual is fair for the Duye's boys. Uh, Caesar, what happened? (laughs) I mean, a lot of us thought with that happening, right? With the bench playing more, it'll be a close game, but the werewolves should be able to get the win, maybe jump in the, in the, uh, you know, playoff seating picture and the Duye's boys still take care of business. Go ahead, Caesar.
1: So I want to start, um, the the Duyes boys, they're a number one seed for a reason. So when they started the game, you know, like like you said, they had a, it was really four different starters that who don't normally start or really get much playing time for Duyes. And the Werewolves, you know, they took advantage of that and they took an early lead. I think they might have had a double digit lead like pretty early on in the game. And then towards the second quarter, late first quarter, second quarter is when, you know, Dewey's boys started putting in their starters, rotating them in. And once they started like actually playing, they, they stormed back and they really just proved to the whole league, like, you know, we're the one seed for a reason. And there's just not much you can do to stop them. Like, John Q2 had a great game. He had 28 points. Tartaglia, Tartaglia, Tartaglia. He had 17 points and everyone's shooting crazy good, like 54%, 50%, 46, 40. Like that's really good for a team. So, you know, the Dewey's boys, like, even if they have their, like their role players playing early on in the game, like they can still come out and pull out a win against a good team like the werewolves are not a bad team so I just thought it was super impressive um on the duets boys
0: yeah and so that definitely covers I mean the duets boys I'm going to scroll up here to the werewolf stats and so Cade that's your that's your task I mean we see Gino 40 with 26 points and I'll just say Zach Tartaglia hitting threes I mean it's that time of year let's just let's just throw that in there I mean not that he doesn't always play well because he makes highlight reels. He's defending the rim. He's dunking on people like, and he he impacts the game even when the stats aren't there, but shout out to him. I, I think it might've been last playoffs or two playoffs ago when he wasn't as well known. He's going for 35 and like, you know, seven rebounds, four blocks in playoff games. And he's like leading them winning playoff games. Um, so it's that time of year is what I mean for Zach Tartaglia, but Cade speaking on the werewolves. I mean, so just to summarize, they fall to the four seed. Because they were not a tie for second coming in, even though they didn't have the tiebreaker with Lob City. So that was a little bit out of their control. Gino 40, 26 points, Sam Clifford 18, Brian Heston 17. So their big three, in quotes, I'll put it, you know, we're, were there, but unable to, you know, do what a lot of us, not not me, but do what a lot of you guys thought was possible and beat the Duyers boys in week eight. What what happened on the on the werewolf side, Cade? Um, well, I mean, they got, Gino as a thousand points, I, I I
2: knew he was, he was shooting the ball a lot. Um, and obviously Shane was screaming at him the whole game, telling him to shoot it. But, um, I think the werewolves main goal should be to get Sam the ball. And then you can pass out to Brian, get Brian, you know, into the paint, pass out if he has to, I think the two scores should probably be Sam and Brian. Um, obviously I think everyone on that team should be touching the ball. Uh, they, but I just think this week, the Douye boys was just a better team. And I, I think if we see this matchup again, it, I don't even know if that's possible. Um, but I just feel like Douye boys are just a better team. Their chemistry is there. Everything they do is just like perfect pieces in a puzzle. Like they just connect on a different level than most of these teams. And I just don't think the werewolves had what it was to beat. It's just that simple, really.
0: Yeah, um, just on that earlier point, Cade, anything is possible. Yes, <laughs> literally yeah, there, anything. There, anything is possible. <laughs> just to, And that's a quote, too. I'm I'm quoting. Uh, but, no, I mean, you know, bogey kicks wins a game. They're in the quarterfinals, right? So, you know, that's, that's where we're looking at. You know, I mean, some teams win two games. They're in the finals. And that was not what we thought coming in, right? So, um, records go out the window like I talked about. But it is the werewolves getting the four seed. They will take on the fifth seed at halfway crooks in a rematch. So love that. We already know the werewolves are 1-0 and in the playoffs uh, against the halfway crooks all time. And I already closed it, but I believe they made two threes all game, as in the werewolves against the New Year's Boys. I believe it was two threes, Cade shaking his head. I just have a feeling they'll make more than that next week, and that's just because they're playing teams in the color purple, which is from experience what happens when good shooters just freaking play. Yeah, the halfway crooks. Um, Let's go on to that good shooter I'm talking about, (laughs) Gian Avedisian, who um, set the record with 90 points. Uh, I pulled some stats, and I can't take all the credit for this, but I'm going to rattle some stuff off first. Um, Dan Ruggiero just doing his homework, and I'm going to steal it. I mean, he can say it again on the podcast, but I go first. So here we go. Uh, Gian broke the record with 90 points. He also owns the record for... Most field goals made in a game now with 39. Most field goal attempts in a game with 65. That was the most combined points by two teams in a game in Rhode Island League history with 236 between the Warriors and only the fam. And only the fam actually set a record, not necessarily. It's not a bad one, but it's not a good one. Most field goals attempted by a team with 105. So take that for what it is. Thank you, Dan Ruggiero. Um, And it was also three on four. So three humans beat a team of four humans by 32. And it's the second time this season. That's my other. Oh, I have more fun stats. Second time this season. Again, it's a little deceiving because this was the full game with three guys. So credit to the warriors credit to Gian Henry. And I want to get it right. Antonio, um, for them being the three that did it scored 132 points between them. Uh, the last, so Another thing I was looking up, Gian set the scoring record 90 points like we talked about in a single game. The last person who owned the record, Jose Mercado, was 62. And the last time he did it in summer 19 was against the Basket Hounds. So that team, even though it's a different name and they're a different team this year, credit to them. The last two highest scoring performances to date were against them. Just. You know, got to pile it on while they're while they're down, right? Um, so let's go to, I know Tim is back. Love that. We'll go to Aiden first on this one. We don't have to spend a ton of time. I mean, maybe we do. But the Warriors with the win have the same record as Lob City, but Lob City beat them in week one. So the Warriors are the three seed, and they'll take on Sin City in the first round. As for only the fam, they were locked into the eight seed. They'll take on the nine seed Lincoln 18ers, which again, another great, I think it'll be actually fun to watch too. Sometimes you get these first round matchups and it's nothing against those teams. Sometimes like the seven, 10 can be like, yep, that's, that was the worst team all year. We don't really expect, like, we don't really expect them to win and kind of have to go through the motions to get the seven seed to move on. I think for both of those games, I'm in, I'm in to see um, Lincoln 18 ers and only the fam, as well as a rematch of bogey and ozone. So focusing on this one where the warriors take care of business and lock up that three seed, which means a possible date in the semis with Lob City. So a rematch for them down the road possibly as well. But Aiden, I mean, I saw breakaways. I saw three-pointers. I saw dunks. But how, with three people, I think is the key to this game. Were they able to still get the win?
4: Only the fam didn't play defense. That's pretty simple. It's They, ha- they were playing against three guys. And they didn't have Tucker who's a great defensive player, which was a little hurtful for only the fam, but they just – Jaron also came a little late, but that didn't mean much. But they just didn't play defense. And, you know, if you're a team of four playing against a team of three, you have that extra guy that, you know, in a league where a lot of it is competitive and, you know, it's kind of a bad way to play basketball if you just send one guy down the whole the game. But if you have that player advantage and you want the win – just do it. I Shane came over and was asking me why they weren't doing that. Even Gion was asking me why they weren't doing that. I heard Gian and Jaron talking about it at the end of the game. But it was just – Right, Warriors looked like they wanted to play and wanted to win, and Gian had 50 at half, so you know how that went. But when you sh- we've been shown time and time again that only the fan just doesn't like to play defense, and they don't. But they did pull up the most points they've scored this season – and I think that's just because there was a lot more open shots because our Warriors only had three guys and they weren't going to close out on every single open three. As you see, it's just they didn't play defense. And the. I, no, I don't know. I have no words for this game anymore. Gian had 90. That's all I have to say.
0: Yeah. Um, Tim, is there anything – Anything to add, or do you want to start, I mean, on, you can still start on the halfway crooks in uh, Lincoln 18, which is our last week eight matchup, but anything on this one, Tim, quickly?
3: Uh, yeah, quickly. Um, Just because I got the werewolves prediction wrong in Sin City, I didn't know. I have to say I predicted Gian to break this record in this game. Uh, only the fam, ha- as Aiden said, he ha- they haven't played defense since like week two. I mean, really? So like. It was transition. You see Henry, all of his buckets were honestly uncontested, I would say. So, yeah, not much to say about this one. Let's get on to halfway. That,
0: that, those are, that's music to my ears. That's what I, that's what I love to hear. Let's see if it's Tim. Run it back. Yep, Let's get to halfway. Uh, before we do that, uh, Gian in his interview is stealing one of my favorite lines. Uh, so just shout out to him saying he would hate to play. the. You know, he'd hate to be someone who has to play the Warriors in the playoffs. And it takes on a different meaning after you drop 90. I mean it's still 90. I know not a lot of defense going on. Who cares? But uh that's the halfway crooks line. So we can share it. We can we can both have it. I'd hate to play through team in the playoffs, right? This is your time to suck up, guys. A little head nod action. Thank you. Yes, halfway crooks are scary. Uh, with the win coming in, they had the five seed in reach and they get the win. They kind of what's the saying? Blow the doors, blow the roof, whatever. I can make fun of that saying they blow the doors off the game. I don't know, of the Lincoln 18ers. But um again. I'm biased, so I will turn it over in a second to Tim. But, it, you know, we hit a lot of shots in the halfway crooks and the Lincoln 18ers started hitting shots in the second half. And they hit a lot of shots last week, which is why I'm excited for their matchup against only the fam. In the first round, they had the nine seed locked up. So not that they weren't, you know, Tom Carroll after the game is like, we were saving it. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but it is a 102-55 victory for the halfway crooks. Um, yeah a huge, a huge outburst early for the crooks. We'll go back to Tim because I know he got kind of gypped on the last one. I mean, what are some things I guess for both teams, even really quickly on the field goal percentage, I mean, 13 for 29 for three from the crooks, 11 for 42, you know, 56% from the floor for the crooks. So right. Any team when they're shooting like that is, is going to look better than they have in past weeks. And that's for sure. But Tim, I mean, what's one thing for both teams that they can kind of take away from this one as they get ready for their uh, first playoff game on Tuesday?
3: Um, Yeah, so I I don't really think there's much for Lincoln to take away from this game. I mean, they just didn't shoot well. Uh, Lincoln honestly hasn't gotten blown out a lot this year. Like they usually play relatively close games. Like this was kind of shocking for me for this to be this much of a lopsided result. But for halfway, I think it comes down to that big three of Jeff, Jared and Spence. What I like about that big three is they all have different skill sets. Uh, Spence is more of a slasher. Jared is obviously a spot-up shooter, kind of a playmaker. And Jeff, honestly, can really do it all, uh, defensively especially. Um, he was really protecting the rim in this game. Um, I'm interested to see how the Crooks uh, guard Sam Clifford in their playoff game because he went off last time, and I think they're going to definitely give him some different looks uh, going forward. Um uh, For Lincoln, uh, moving on to the playoffs, I think Chris Adams is definitely a huge player for, like, what they have to do. Um, He's really athletic. He can shoot. Uh, He's a confident player. Um, Along with Stephen Ritchie, he was making deep threes as well. Lincoln can shoot, so any team that can shoot has a chance. Um, And that's going to be an interesting one against only the fam. A lot of three-pointers in that one.
0: Yeah, and so we can, not to jip any team, did I mess this up? No, I did good. Uh, not to jip any team and getting the, you know, talk about them, but we'll get to the halfway crooks and werewolves, I'm sure, and talk a lot about that matchup. And there'd be an article preview on that as the four or five matchup. And we'll get to the Lincoln 18ers against only the fam, um, you know, in our first round matchups. And so um, does anybody else have anything on that game before we move ahead? Are we all good with that? Yeah. A lot of it is looking ahead. I mean, in a in a game like that, where it's such a wide margin, you know, once it gets to that point, there isn't much uh, to focus on. But, guys, in case you guys didn't know, and you guys get to be witness to this, the week's post game show is brought to you guys by Legacy Sports Media. Heck yeah, we're doing big things here, guys. Uh, hey, guys, do you guys play in a league that could use full box scores, player pages with career stats, maybe some post game interviews? You guys do a great job on that. Or a post game show like this? See, we're doing big things, guys. Um, tell your league commissioner and message us today. So we can enhance the league you already play in and help you continue to build your legacy. All right, guys, let's get to the first round playoff matchups and the quarterfinal matchup. So all of that is going down on Tuesday, August 2nd. So again, at 7 p.m. and let me share my screen here before we make some picks. You see the first round there. That'll be the seven seeded Ozone Boys and the 10 seed Bogey Kicks as well as the 8-seed Only the Fam and 9-seed Lincoln 18ers. So the winner of Ozone Bogey, as you can see there at 9 o'clock, will play Lob City, same night. The winner of Only the Fam and the Lincoln 18ers will take on the Duye's boys uh, at 9 o'clock. So there's your top two seeds, Douye's and Lob City. The Werewolves get the 4-seed and get a rematch with their old pals, the halfway crooks and the 5-seed. And so again, they would be on the same side in like a traditional March Madness bracket as the Douye's boys. So the one, eight, nine, and then 4-5, and that would be one uh, semifinal. Then on the other side is the two seed taking on the winner of the 7-10, like I talked about, as well as the three seed Rhode Island Warriors and six seed Sin City. So I don't know if you guys reached out to Devin Devon Pino, but no word yet if he'll be back next week. I would assume he will. I know Javon Morris will not be there uh i don't know what he has something going on he, he told me and it's a, you know not just like vacation or something um but he i know this was his last week so he will not be there in the playoffs just to get everything all screwed away as far as everybody else i would expect everyone else to be there on all the teams uh let's start with the first round matchups we'll kind of go in order as far as ozone and bogey so let me get to some people who were on that game this week we can let caesar and kate even pick this one and then we'll kind of we're all going to make picks. And when we do that part, we're just going to go down the line and just give your team because it's the easiest way to make the picks and kind of rattle them off. But for some analysis first on ozone boys and bogey kicks, we'll go to Cade, a key to that one. So you saw it this week. We talked about ozone making shots, erasing a deficit, making some plays down the stretch, but what's a key for the whole game in a one and done playoff scenario uh, in that one.
2: For this matchup, I think Ozone just got – they have to hit their shots. Um, They didn't really start hitting threes until the fourth quarter last game, and that's what got them the win. If they can consistently at least put up three threes a quarter, they'll they'll be good. Um, With defending bogey, you just got to watch out for, obviously, David DePina. Uh, I mean, you got to kind of let Chase shoot from 10 feet behind the line. You can't really guard that. But um, guarding the paint – you know, getting, getting the Hogan brothers down there to guard uh, David DePina, um, I think is the key to stopping bogeys scoring. Because um, other than that, they don't really have many options. Um, I just think Ozone has to play good defense on their two key players there and uh, be hitting more shots.
0: Yeah, and I said we're going to spend more time on these. So before I get to Caesar on this one, only because he saw this week's matchup, which we're running it back next week, no Andrew Cavang uh, for the Ozone boys this week, so we forgot to kind of mention that you know that he wasn't there in week eight, and I mean he's one of their better players, you know, so that can be a a, a difference as well as you look to this first round matchup Caesar, yeah you can you can give us a little analysis and then and then make your pick for this one in the seven ten.
1: Oh well, I think for for bogey. It's, it's really just two players that are kind of carrying the team. So if they can just spread the ball around, maybe uh, Matt, Matt Bogie can maybe shoot a couple of threes and he can kind of hit it. Uh, and Mike Evanson hits some threes too. So, I mean, maybe let them shoot a lit. It's the playoffs, so not too freely, but get them some open looks. And, you know, maybe Bogey has a chance. Um, with that being said, I'm going to pick an upset for this one. I'm going Bogey over Ozone.
0: All right. All right. So, we got one. So, now we'll go uh, Cade next. All right. One for Bogey. Cade.
2: I mean, I got to pick Ozone.
0: Okay. 1-1. Uh, yeah. One, one. yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. We're doing some analysis, keeping it short. Aiden. Ozone. Okay. 2-1 Ozone. Tim.
3: Uh, I'm gonna take Ozone too.
0: Smart. So Caesar is approaching territory that I was in, and I've already told the story. But their first season, I was like, "They're good." They didn't play anybody yet. It was like week four. You know, they were two and one or three and zero, oh, and the you know interns were like, "Yeah, Ozone boys," and I was like, "They're good," but like, "Let's pump the brakes." And they heard that, and they made sure to never let me forget it. So Ozone boys, it's fair game. His name is Caesar. You may never see him again in person, but I will give you his social media handle. I'll give you his phone number. You can do whatever you want. You can blow him up when you guys win. Um, not saying that they're guaranteed to win, but when if, if and when they take care of business, his name is Caesar. He's right there. He's your number one doubter right now. Uh, let's get over to only the fam and the Lincoln 18ers, that other first-round matchup, the eight-nine. We just talked a little bit about the Lincoln 18ers and Aiden likes to, you know, tell it how it is and the lack of defense for uh, only the fam which not wrong based on the stats and the numbers and you know not even being too harsh just telling it how it is so we'll go to Tim first and then we can kind of even let Aiden jump in and we'll keep it that way for this one so Tim a key to this one before you make your pick for the 18ers and only the fam
3: uh before I make my pick the key for only the fam is obviously their three-point shooting because they're heavily relying on that they love to shoot I'd say the key to LinkedIn is how their zone is going to counteract that three-point shooting. We know with zones, uh, if you drive into a zone, a lot of the time shooters are going to be open. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch.
0: Perfect, Aiden. Besides, you know, maybe attempting to play some defense this week. Uh, what does OnlyFam have to do to not get upset? So, just to, before I, uh, of course, I say that and then interrupt you before you even get to talk. They played earlier this year. And that was one of only the fam's two wins. So that's kind of why we're in this situation with only the fam as the eight seed, even looking back to that game, you know, I think is important. Um, what's going to be different from that one that can allow Lincoln 18ers to get, you know, the win. I think.
4: So I believe when they first played Chris Adams, either wasn't there for most of the game or came second half. And I think he's going to be the key. In that game, and same with Stephen Ritchie, as those two players weren't there much when they played the first game. And like I've said before, I'm pretty blunt when it comes to their ability to play defense. They need to step that up, and hopefully Tucker's back this week. But if Lincoln can string together making these shots and Stephen Ritchie and even Ryan Musket, who's been kind of MAA, I think, the last few weeks. He might have been there last week. I might be wrong. But if they have their full team and they're able to string together shots, And same with only the fam. It's going to be a close game. Neither of these two teams are, I would say, contenders yet. They're kind of deep sleepers. But if they hit their shots, they can make the games close.
0: For sure. And it's not you would think only the fam could like play some defense. Like I'm not even trying to be mean now, but like they have some size. They have like if Jaron kind of, you know, maybe you know protects the rim a little bit, like we're watching the Ozone boys beat Lob City right? Without really a big guy. I mean, credit to the Hogan brothers that man up down there. And I'm not trying to use that term out of context, but like they hold their own, you know, we talk about the Duye's boys doing it as well. And so it's not, you know, Oh, we we're too small. So screw it. You know, that's not like other, other teams are doing it. So that's kind of what we're getting at with that one. Um, all right. So we're also going to kind of semi hold off before we get to the, Oh, sorry. Let's make picks. Duh, Aiden, Only the fam or Lincoln?
4: Um, (laughs) Only the fam.
0: All right. So despite everything he said, great. All right. That's that's what I like to hear. Caesar. Only the fam. All right. That's two. Cade?
3: I'm going the 18ers, dude. Tim? This is so hard to pick. (laughs) uh, Only the fam.
0: All right. So that's three-one for only the fam. All right. I guess we're expecting a shootout. After all the analysis, we just dropped works. Ex- okay. Um, cool. All right. So that means in our scenario, the Ozone boys, despite what Caesar says would take on Lob City at nine o'clock and uh, Oh, I'm still focused on Aiden. No big deal. Um, they, yeah. Ozone boys would take on Lob City and that means only the fam would hang around and take on the Douye's boys. So not really, I don't really want to preview those too much because I think we would all pick the higher two seeds and they can get some head nods. And so we don't know who their opponent is. So kind of doing some analysis kind of doesn't make a ton of sense. So we'll get to them in a second. We're going to talk about Lob City. I'll have you guys give me a key to them winning it all. I think that's a better topic, but let's stick to the quarterfinal matchups. We'll see at eight o'clock. So let's do the werewolves and crooks. They played in week, was it week eight? Was it like yesterday? Feels like recently. Um, I think it was, um, and the werewolves won by six and Clifford went for 30 plus hit a ton of shots. We talked about how the werewolves just made two threes last week and they had some good looks. So, you know, that won't happen again. Um, we'll go back to Cade, um, if that's all right. So for wolves and crooks, what are you, what are you expecting in the rematch in this one?
2: I think it's going to come down to defense. They got the Werewolves have Brian Hesson um, and halfway crooks have Jeff Winshaw, I think two of the best defenders in the league. Um, it really matters who shows up for uh, both teams defensively there. Um, but Jeff can only guard, you know, so many people at a time. And that's what kind of went wrong for the halfway crooks. Game one, uh, Sam Clifford kind of came out of the, out of nowhere, dropped 30 on them. And um, Spence said it in his interview that he's going to be eyeing uh, Sam Clifford all game. So uh, if they can lock down Clifford, um, it's going to put a lot more pressure on the rest of the werewolves. And we're going to see if they can hit shots that game. That's what it comes down to again.
0: Yeah, easier said than done containing, you know, a player like that who can score. And so, you know, Sam Clifford, we talked about, you know, didn't play in a ton of games, you know, uh, enough to qualify for certain things. But when he's there... You you know you know he got off the bus right yeah oh yeah he's here today. <laughs> um, who else wants to touch on this one uh, instead of me assigning it like Crooks and Crooks and Wolves? Aiden, go right ahead.
4: So like this is a pretty big matchup between both teams, and like Cade said, the key is going to be how Jeff plays defense and how Brian plays defense. And these two teams just met um, two weeks ago I think or last week whatever, but they know how each other how each team plays and Spence is new, Sam is new. So new players coming in, but I just think it's going to be a hard fought game. And the world only made two threes last week. That's not going to happen. Not many, even only the Fam can make more than two threes. And I know, I know they shoot a lot, but even <laughs> other people can make more than two threes. And it was just a bad shooting night for them. And it happens. But I think another key is just defense and Jared Hanson. It looked like last week, every shot, he was shooting was going in and if he can keep that up and just scoring and playing defense to his ability, it's going to be a great matchup between both teams.
0: Oh, I wasn't even muted. My bad. So you heard me laughing at your uh, only the fam joke. That's okay. Um, Hanson, something like 48 um for a hundred from three. There's something, something ridiculous. I believe it's something like that. Okay. Is that, am I right? I don't know if you have it up there. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. That's okay. No, it's something. It's something like that. And it's going to take too long. Yeah, he's in a lot of threes, uh, Jared has. So um, at, a, at a very high rate, so um, which is always a bonus, especially come playoff time, somebody gets hot like that. But that'll be a good one. Um, let's make our picks for that one in the 4-5. And again, the winner of that would take on the winner of the Douillets boys in the 8-9 matchup on a whole different day. Don't worry, we're not going to try to kill teams here. Um, we'll let Aiden make his pick first, Crooks and Wolves.
4: I'm going to go with the Wolves. Okay.
3: One, Tim. Uh, yeah, this is definitely uh, one of the best games of the week. I'm actually going to be going halfway, getting it back.
0: Okay. One to one, Cade.
2: I will uh, be joining Tim and picking the halfway crooks.
0: You guys, you don't wait till week eight to suck up. I already know, like, it, it defeats the whole purpose, guys. Uh, Caesar
1: be a hell of a game but i'm going with crooks all right
0: that's that this is how bad things happen thanks guys all right perfect um let's get to that uh the other quarterfinal matchup that we know for sure yeah they see that they, they know what they're doing they're jinx that's that's what it is see they think it's funny they're gonna pick the crooks and then laugh when yeah when they jinx them um the rhode island warriors do get that three seed and they'll be taking on sin city so again One of those teams, the uh, podcast says that you know the crooks are scared of, and that's not what I mean in Sin City. But the Rhode Island Warriors win six straight, right? This kind of goes to my point. Not that the Warriors are scared of anyone, not that the halfway crooks are scared of playing anyone, but you win six in a row, you're six and two, you lose a tiebreaker for the two seed. Cool, we're the three seed, and it's Sin City, right? Who I would say is one of the hotter teams because they've gotten their chemistry stuff together uh, when they're at full strength, and they won't be. We talked about Javon Morris not being there, but still. Taj and Devin Devampina and you know Terrence and Justin Titsworth hitting shots last week. Like again, that's not a, a a present for the three seed, right? After all that, you know, winning six in a row, it's not a reward for getting the three seed. That's my point. But that's where they find themselves. So who wants to give me something on Warriors and uh sorry, Sin City? Wow. kid cool. All right, go right ahead.
2: Um just start off. These are two teams. I both, I want to see both make playoff pushes because they're very fun to watch both these teams. So, you know, it's, it's a blessing that we get such a good matchup week one, but I I do want to see both these teams make it far. Um, obviously Devin, um, I don't think anybody can guard him on the Warriors, but then you go over to the Warriors. I don't know if anybody can guard Gian in the league right now. So, um, Uh, Maybe maybe there's some people out there that want to take that challenge, but well, no,
0: all I'm—I don't mean to cut you off. I mean Taj comes to mind, right? So this is going to be that type of game where you know they they like to, and they're not talking crap by any means. That's not Sin City style. But Taj is like, yo, I'm a good defender, you know. And like Devin Devon Pena is like, yo, I'm one. You know, I've been holding my own this year. This is their, you know, all right. Like they, this is they. They can prove that on the court in the quarterfinals.
2: Yeah, I I can't I can't disrespect Taj's defense. He is a work a workhorse um he's running up and down the court all night um he's definitely gonna make it difficult for Gian don't expect anything near 90 um uh just I really don't even know I'm gonna do a coin flip when you ask but I have no idea who's winning this game but I just know Gian and Devin are gonna show up both of them
0: yeah does anybody else want to jump in I'm pulling up some some past matchup stuff going on yeah go ahead Tim perfect
3: um, yeah, so this is a very interesting matchup, especially if uh, Devin Pina is going to be showing up, because we know the Warriors, I mean, they had Kevin Figueroa for like one game, but they kind of have Ant uh, Graziano play that big man role for him, but he's not necessarily uh, the imposing force that the guys at Sin City have, although we do know Javon won't be there. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a matchup of two styles. That That matchup between Gian and Taj is going to be one of the best matchups, I think. Uh, to watch this week.
0: Well, let me, I'm going to jump back in. And the reason I made a face, not that I don't think many people could see it, but before I have you guys make your picks on this one, they met in week crap, whatever week this was. I think it was six. I believe it was six. And this was the game that went in overtime and on core three. And this is the game we were talking about week five, right? Aiden, is that what you're saying? Me? Cool. Um, and this is the game that, you know, Sin City had the lead. Uh, in the like final couple minutes. And this is the game I kept bringing up, like, you know, not that the Warriors shouldn't have won because they came back, but, you know, a couple of different things go a couple of different ways and it's in city with the win, right? So um, just looking at some numbers really quick. I mean, again, overtime went the Warriors way. It took a big performance from Charles Correa, Gian six for 19 and one for 11, right? So I'm not saying that's all Taj and it probably won't happen like that again. But if we're kind of looking for some ways to, you know, back up what we're saying here I'm interested I'm in to kind of see what happens in that matchup if it is Taj on Gian and just another note looking at Sin City who they had in that game no Javon Morris and they were still in a position to win so again not that he wouldn't be helpful in this type of game they were right there without him last time these two teams played so uh, we'll turn that off but I like bringing that up and it was only a couple weeks ago and it's a short season anyway Um, but It'll be, it'll be fun. So let's go to Cade first. (laughs) Who are you picking?
2: Oh, um, I'm going to go with the Warriors.
0: Okay. One for the Warriors, Tim.
3: Um, I know the Warriors are hot right now, but I'm going to be picking Sin City in this one.
0: Okay. I I don't, I'm glad I don't have to make a pick. Let's put it that way. And I will not make a pick, but (laughs) Aiden.
4: I'm going to have to go with
1: the Warriors.
0: Okay, so 2-1 Warriors, Caesar.
1: Another hell of a game, but I'm going Warriors. It's going to be a close one.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I know like 3-1 seems like a right, So like, you know, the Warriors are the favorite or whatever, and I'll be interested to see the spreads because I'm still expecting spreads from the Low Post podcast, and I know that they listened to this before recording, so I'm honored. But I'm still expecting spreads for These games, and so we talk about that one. We talk about crooks and and uh werewolves trying to set a spread for that. It was a six point game last time. This one went in overtime, uh, like we talked about. And just to jump back, not to completely you know make it a homer, a homer show here, but I want to pull up even just some stats from that crooks and werewolves game last time they met really quick. I mean, Hanson, you know, three for eight, uh, Winchell 16, but I mean, six for 11 that's a credit to Heston, uh, I believe, who was guarding him and did a really good job. And we talked about Clifford. I mean, not missing a three, right? 12 for 17 uh, and Heston going four for 16 is not going to happen again. So, you know, I will ask Jeff Winchell who'll have a different answer to that question about if it'll happen again, but but, um, a great player in Brian Heston. So just like to pull that up. And again, a close game, but one that the werewolves, again, like we talked about, I believe led for most, you know, by around 10 points, And it kind of got up a little bit, as you see there in the fourth quarter, the crooks made a push. Um, So we will see in that one. Let's get to those two top seeds, because I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about them next week. If everything goes as it should for them, top two seeds get teams that have already played. So it's going to be even more difficult for an upset in those nine o'clock games. But I'll let one of you guys jump in on each of them. uh, And then we'll kind of get out of here because we're pushing an hour. So go us. But that's what happens during playoff time. We'll start with the Duye's boys, the top seed. We saw them this past week, um, Shane coaching, uh, but obviously he will be an important part as one of their bigger bodies, um, no matter how much or little he plays. I mean, just the ability to you know, have him in there for stretches gives them a different look, but what's a key for them? Forget that matchup. I mean, I guess you can talk a little bit about whoever they play and only the fam or the Lincoln 18ers in that nine o'clock matchup, but even looking ahead, you know, to Crooks or Wolves, if they were to win and then to whatever other team, you know, Sin City, Warriors, Ozone, Lob all on the other side. So that is difficult and Lob City doesn't care, trust me, but all those teams on that side will be fun. So that could be a team that Duye's plays in the finals, but who wants to kind of give me, you know, Duye's key for, a title. Forget making it to the finals. I mean, they're looking to win it all. What's the key for them? Okay. Cool. Caesar and then Aiden. It's all good. Go ahead, Caesar, first.
1: Uh, so I think right now, duye's they're doing everything just the right way. And I think something that's working very well is their chemistry is insane. Like they just know how to play with each other so well that it just it's like beautiful basketball it is it's really good they're a good team and I really like uh I'm gonna butcher his name again Zach Tartaglia Tartaglia he uh he can shoot Yep. yeah he can shoot it and he also has like a really good explosive bounce so I think like whatever they're doing right now don't even fix it if it's not broke don't fix it
0: And we'll go to Aiden, but Zach made it very clear he wants to be in the dunk contest, and I am a okay with that for a show purpose of the dunk contest. Yeah, so go ahead, Aiden, for the Duye's boys' key to win their second title in three
4: seasons. Same, pretty much the same as what Caesar said. They're playing Spurs basketball. That's the only way I can put it. Beautiful passes, just everyone on the team can score, which – like, if i refer to the Spurs, everybody on the Spurs could score. But, I'm not, like, I think their key is going to be Brian Yarsi, who's come off the bench every game, and he's another killer instinct player that will go in and get you a bucket when you need a bucket. And if they continue to play the way they've been playing, like Caesar said, they're going to be en route to their second championship in three years.
0: Yeah, now as we look to that number two seed, so uh, when they played, it was a close game, Duye's lob. And uh, you know, if everything goes chalk. They will meet again in the finals. It will be a repeat of last year finals in that scenario. But before we get there, uh, Lob City will take on the winner of ozone and bogey kicks at nine o'clock. And then the winner, if they were to win of the Warriors and Sin city in the semifinals. So Warriors lob would be a fun rematch, especially since they met in week one, when things were very different for the Warriors uh, for sure. Um, and they would admit that as well. The Warriors would uh, and, no Jose if they were to meet again. And I believe Jose was there in week one. So uh, two teams would be playing a second time, but I would expect things to be different from, geez, now I'm really on the spot. At least a 20-point blowout. Yeah, it was more like 52. Um, so it's a 52-point win by Lob City in week one. So I know we're predicting if we get chalk in the 2-3 in the semis, but uh, what's a key for Lob City to repeat and uh you know win the title for the second season in a row yeah go ahead tim i know sorry go ahead tim
3: (laughs) um i'd say the key for lob city is they have to play to their strengths uh lob city obviously has size that most teams can't uh match up with uh colin burns and now carl lee who's been showing up pretty much every week a lot to handle down low um Especially you get those guys the ball down low, you can kick out to your shooters. Um, They have a good recipe for success with this current roster. Uh, Victor was there last week. That's the first time I've seen him this year. And he definitely adds a different element to their team. He's really fast, um, gets out in transition and can make plays for other guys.
0: Yeah, and shout out Vic, one of the OGs, Greg Holt as well, who kind of coasts and not that he's not trying, but goes under the radar is a better way to put it in the regular season and you'll see Greg step it up for sure come playoff time and be more, again, more involved is what I want to say, but that means he isn't involved now, and that's not true either. That's not what I'm getting at, just more into it. I don't know. Again, that implies other things that aren't happening now, which isn't the case. Just you'll know he's there, damn it, uh, in Greg Holt, and that's a huge addition for that team that already has a ton of talent, like we talked about. Anybody else on Lob City really quick? It's okay if not. Yes, he's a – go ahead.
1: Uh, real quick, I just think if they play through Cody Crawford, um, hes I think he's kind of an underrated player because he's always putting up numbers. He's not scoring like 30, 40 points a night, but he impacts the game um, in other ways. He's a great passer, he's a great rebounder. So I think playing through him would uh, help a lot.
0: For sure. And it wouldn't be a post game show if I didn't put you guys on the spot because Caesar has limited availability. He'll be going first. Now that you know the bracket, who is going to win it all? One word. You get to pick a team, and you're out. Caesar. Do Okay. Handed it like a champ. Damn it! Can't rattle that kid. Uh, Cade. Um, <laughs> I'm
2: going to go Lob City. Okay, Aiden.
0: Do Okay, Tim.
3: Lob City. Is that 2-2? Two, two?
0: Exactly how we expect it. Perfect. Uh, great post-game show as we push an hour, guys. Uh, it's always fun, especially when we get all you guys on there. So uh, very fitting for one of the most important post-game shows. Who's to say? Um, so thanks for watching the Week 8 Post Game Show. Caesar, Cade, Aiden, Tim. And uh, I'll leave you with Cade's famous words from the show. Anything is possible.